You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 24th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr_omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to finish our player evaluation series by looking at Coach Steve Clifford and President of Basketball Operations, Jeff Weltman, assess how they did during the course of the 2019 season and set things up for what will be an interesting summer. When we come back from the Memorial Day break, I will not be having an episode on Monday, but when we come back from the Memorial Day break on Tuesday, we will talk a little bit about how the summer sets up for the Orlando Magic and, and what's ahead of the Magic this offseason. So lots still to get to here as we close the book on the 2019 season, begin looking ahead to the 2020 season. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching for them on iTunes or on the Himalaya app. The Himalaya app is a great new app that allows you to download podcasts directly to your device, as well as discover new podcasts with suggestions and create playlists too. I, if you're like me, you listen to way too many podcasts and you A, want to find more, but also need a way to organize them. And the Himalaya app helps you do that by ordering the, the order in which you listen to podcasts as well as helping you discover new ones, including every podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, like Locked On Raptors, say, if you want to hear what they have to say about Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals, or Locked On Warriors, which I'm sure they're just twiddling their thumbs right now, waiting for the NBA Finals to begin next Thursday. You can find all these podcasts on the Himalaya app, the home of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, whether it's NBA, NFL, MLB, or colleges too, the Locked On Podcast Network is your team every day. On top of that too, this today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere you go. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. It was around this time last year, a little bit, maybe a few weeks earlier, that the Orlando Magic hired Steve Clifford. And the reaction when the Magic hired him was, dare I say, negative. In fact, I would, I would venture to guess that it was, it was mostly negative. To a lot of people, Steve Clifford kind of represented mediocrity. And in fact, I, I still get these comments from people. He had turned a Charlotte Bobcats team that was one of the worst teams in the league for several years into a playoff team Almost immediately, a 25 to, I think, 42-game 40, turnaround, or that was actually the Magic's turnaround this year, but a major turnaround got them into the playoffs in his first year, and from there on, the Hornets, as they were now then, as they were then now, the Hornets were one of the more competitive team, were a competitive team and in the playoff hunt each year, with, with something seemingly taking them out. But there's still no denying the track record. In five years... The Hornets had gone nowhere, just two playoff appearances, and they were coming off back-to-back disappointing 36-win seasons, or 35-win seasons, something like that. Clifford, it seemed, was a coach to get you to respectability, but not really much further. And on top of that, last year he missed 20-plus games dealing uh, dealing with an illness brought from a lack of sleep. And so there were fair questions about his health as well. To be sure, then, 
Steve Clifford seemed to carry with him a little bit of risk. Like so much, so many other elements of the Magic's, you know, team, it seemed like there was a cap on what he could provide. And, and, and you know, maybe there is. But the bottom line issue that Steve Clifford had to resolve, and the reason why, you know, while I shared some of those skepticisms, I said, no, this is the right hire. I don't care that it feels like it's a side, a, step, a lateral move from Frank Vogel, or there might be younger, hipper names out there. Steve Clifford, to me, was still the right hire because there was one thing Steve Clifford did with the Charlotte Bobcats and the Charlotte Hornets that the Magic absolutely needed. They needed someone to just make the team competitive again, to provide the foundation and the base to grow into something more, to get out of the hamster race, the hamster wheel, the rat race of being perpetually in the lottery. And if there and if there's one thing that Steve Clifford has proven he can do in his one head coaching job, but if there's one thing that Steve Clifford proved he could do with the Charlotte Hornets, no matter what roster they had, no matter what injuries they faced, no matter what history they had, it was that they would compete and play hard. They would win games and be in the playoff conversation. They never took that jump from playoff conversation to winning in the playoffs, but they took that big jump from lottery-bound, perpetually lottery-bound, to playoff contender every year. And that's what the Magic needed. Jeff Weltman honestly said it best at the introductory press conference a year ago. Steve Clifford teams are known for several things. They do not beat themselves, number one. They don't make mistakes. They play very composed, play very, you know, under control. Steve Clifford will have his team prepared to play every single night in a way that that this Magic roster, frankly, hasn't had. Whether it's, you know, and it's not to knock some of the other coaches. Scott Skiles, I think, did a good job getting the team ready to play. Frank Vogel, I think, had a game plan, and, and it just didn't click. The Magic were hoping that Steve Clifford would reach this team in a way that no one else had before. And the results honestly speak for themselves. The results for this Magic team speak for themselves, and Steve Clifford and the foundation he provided deserves a lot of credit. A lot of the longtime Magic players, Evan Fournier, Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, all credited Steve Clifford for changing the vibe around the building, for getting the team to believe they could win, and delivering on that promise over the course of the season. Again, the results speak for themselves. 42 wins with virtually the same roster of last year's 25-win team. 42 wins. Yes, I count this a Southeast Division championship. A playoff berth. A playoff win. And frankly, even getting to the playoffs, while that was a monumental moment that, that the team celebrated, at exit interviews, it did not seem they were happy with how they played. Honestly, it felt like the Magic believed that, that they should be disappointed with their playoff effort, with their playoff appearance. That just showing up and, and stealing that one game wasn't enough because they didn't play well. 
I think we can all objectively agree that that's true. But the fact that there's real disappointment about that shows how much the standard had been raised. They weren't just happy to be there. They weren't just celebrating sort of the end of this six, seven-year odyssey outside of the playoffs. They really wanted to accomplish something. And they didn't perform at a level that they could in the postseason. And to me, this was the critical thing that Steve Clifford had to deliver for the Orlando Magic. This was the absolute baseline that Clifford had to give the Orlando Magic this year. I said it time and time again throughout the course of the year. The goal for me for the Orlando Magic was not to make the playoffs. Whether the Magic made the playoffs or not wasn't at the top of my mind. Mainly because, honestly, I didn't think they could do it. At, At least realistically, I didn't think that I think I thought they had playoff talent, and I said so repeatedly, but especially early in the year before we got a real chance to dig into this team, I didn't think that they that they were going to be able to pull it off. They, they made me believe as the season went on. But to me, the main goal that the Magic had to accomplish this year was to restore legitimacy in the franchise. To prove to everyone around the league that this is a place you can win, that you can compete, that isn't just going to lose the last half of the season or make the last half of the season meaningless. This was a place you could develop and thrive. And making the playoffs restores at least some of that legitimacy. The fact that so many players are standing up for themselves and for each other and for their coach, frankly, in these award snubs shows It shows how much that standard and that legitimacy is there again. How much they want to fight for it. How much they want the world to know how good they became. And again, the players deserve the credit first and foremost because they went out and did it. But they all gave credit to Steve Clifford for changing that culture. It's in every little bit of the DNA that the Magic had. As Clifford said... For the Magic to make the playoffs, they probably needed a top 15 offense, which they didn't have, and certainly a top 10 defense. Orlando finished 8th in the league in defensive rating, giving up 107.5 points per 100 possessions. Their offense, not the best in the league. 108.1 was 22nd, but their defense was a top 10 defense. I feel like we always need to repeat that, because especially since no Magic player got got an all-defensive team vote, the Magic were a top 10 defense this year with Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic on the team, with DJ Augustin as the point guard, with a young Jonathan Isaac who's very good defensively but still a little jumpy, with Aaron Gordon kind of reclaiming his defense. Steve Clifford got this team to buy into a team concept on that end and deliver a stellar defensive performance. And deliver a, frankly, deliver a performance and a effort that just was consistent game after game after game after game. The Magic had the chance to win every single game because they played defense at a high level, night in and night out. 
And it was even better after the All-Star break when the Magic made their run to make the playoffs. After the All-Star break, the Magic went 15-8 and those final 23 games. Obviously, we know they went 22-9 and over the final 31. Going 15-8, and they gave up a 107.0 defensive rating, the fifth best in the league. Their offense jumped up to 112.1. There's one thing that Clifford promised throughout the entire season. It was that the Magic would get better over the course of the year. That they would be better in February than they were in November. That they would be better in April than they were in February. And he delivered on that promise. Steve Clifford, it turns out, was the perfect coach for the Orlando Magic. Like I said, a guy who laid down the foundation. A guy who established a culture. I don't care if the Magic don't like that word, if Jeff Weltman doesn't like that word. Established a culture, a way of playing, as Aaron Gordon has described it. And now with stability in the coaching staff, there's a stability of expectations. There's now even a base of knowledge from the players. So when they add new players in, they'll be able to reinforce this culture. And that's been a huge element that's been missing. Both the, both the stability in the message the players receive from the, from the coach, but also the experience of success. And Steve Clifford delivered that this year. It's hard not to hand him an A because he was such a good coach. It's right. The Magic are rightfully upset that he was not named a finalist for Coach of the Year. I suspect he finished fourth. And if he didn't finish at least fifth, because there are definitely a few other coaches that I, that I would think, you know, there are a lot of really good coaches that do deserve not, a nod for Coach of the Year. That if he did not finish fifth, there is something very, very wrong with the people who are voting for Coach of the Year. I'm sorry. The turnaround the Magic had, both from last year and within the year, was simply incredible. So a coach who stuck to his principles, who kept preaching and preaching and preaching and said, this is going to work, trust it. Got his team to buy in and believe and reaped the benefits and rewards. That's not to say Clifford was perfect in every way. Certainly, the roster was what it was, but Clifford was sometimes a little slow to make obvious decisions. Whether it was Jaron Grant, who was struggling as the backup point guard. Maybe Isaiah Briscoe wasn't ready for that big of a role, but certainly the Magic clearly needed a little bit of a boost at backup point guard. And everyone knew it, and everyone wanted to see him try something new. And Clifford, to his credit, always said, I'm not going to just throw something out there that I haven't tested and, and, and understood first, even if it was hurting the team. And perhaps the other coaching decision that deserves some discussion was the decision to keep Mo Bamba in the, in the lineup for as long as he did. In fairness, Mo Bamba's a rookie. He was bound to make mistakes. He was put in bad lineups. Honestly, I, I believe that he was turning a corner as the injury came, came on, but I also think it's pretty clear that the dual decision to move Jaron Grant out of the rotation for Isaiah Briscoe, and then to and then when Mo Bamba got hurt to put Ken Birch into the rotation, those were turning point moments for the Magic. The Magic got significantly better in both instances. And so, yes, 
decisions that the numbers suggested that seemed obvious just from watching the games, Clifford was a little slow to deliver them. But that's nitpicking. That's honestly nitpicking. I, 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 I bring them up because they are worth bringing up and worth discussing and, and, and analyzing how Clifford did this year. But they're nitpicking because ultimately the result was what he promised and what the Magic delivered. A playoff berth, an identity, a culture, a way of playing, whatever you want to call it. Steve Clifford's basic promise this season was delivered. Was absolutely delivered. And now, of course, the next question comes. A question that he sometimes struggled to answer in Charlotte. How do you get this team to grow to the next step, to the next phase? Stability helps. Health helps. But how do the Magic get from just happy to make the playoffs or making a cameo in the playoffs to really making noise? Clifford will have that difficult task next year and it will be difficult. But responsibility also begins to fall on management. And that's where Jeff Weltman comes in for what will be a very critical summer for the Orlando Magic. Before we move on to that, though, I want to tell you about one of our other sponsors, Untuck It. Men come in all kinds of shapes and sizes, and and so should their shirts, like tall, short, slim, relaxed. You know, ever wonder why those button-up shirts look so long and baggy at the end of the day? Just in general, why they look so long and baggy? Uh, Wearing an untucked button-down shirt, to me, is one of the most weird feelings in the world. I feel like I'm dressed up, but I'm sloppy. And it just doesn't look good. Those shirts, the way those shirts end, just do not look good. Those shirts were meant to be tucked in. And honestly, when they're tucked in, you just feel a little too dressed up. It's good for work, but not for play. And that's where Untuck It comes in. It's hard to pull off the casual Untuck look. And Untuck It is the solution that fits just right. Their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. I do happen to own a couple of untucked shirts, and if they want to send me more for free, I am happy to take them because these shirts are extremely comfortable whether you're whether you're wearing them tucked in or not. Whether If you're wearing them untucked, they're extremely comfortable too. They look great. They make you feel confident, and you, know, you can either wear them to dress up or you can wear them to dress down. They're the perfect, versatile clothing. Go to untuckit.com today. Enter promo code NBA to get 20% off your order. Try it today. Untuck it. It's a shirt that I wear. I wore today to work, actually. Um, it is a fantastic shirt. I definitely recommend you check them out. Untuck it. The shirt that the, the versatile shirt for casual, for casual play and for work as well. When Jeff Waltman took over the Orlando Magic two years ago, he took a very patient approach to rebuilding the roster. There weren't dramatic moves. There weren't kind of a complete teardown type thing. It, was, it wasn't a, you're not my guy, you're, you're gone type deal. He took a very patient wait-and-see approach. He was going to kind of let the roster simmer a little bit, find opportunities to move guys around and kind of see what he had. And in fact, in two summers, Jeff Wellman has actually done very little to change the roster. 
His biggest free his biggest free agent acquisition is probably Jonathan Simmons. And that didn't work out so great this year. He's definitely targeted a certain type of player in the draft in Jonathan Isaac, Muhammad, and Mobamba. And to some extent, Melvin Frazier, Justin Jackson, and yes, Wesley Awundu. And really, he's done most of his work in, re- in changing the Orlando Magic behind the scenes and reforming the, the training staff, the, the performance staff, the coaching staff. It's been a very kind of slow burn for, for Jeff Weltman. No major moves. Again, the, big, like the biggest move he's probably made was deciding to re-sign Aaron Gordon. And, and really, especially with the contract the Magic ended up getting him on, that was a no-brainer. You don't give up on young players who show promise, period. And it all seemed to work out. The magic, the coaching hire was a home run. The performance staff that that they hired this summer kept everyone healthy for the most part all year long. No major injuries, no nagging injuries. Health was a big reason why the magic made their playoff push. And then yes, the team made the playoffs, perhaps unexpectedly. And in the process, Weltman made some, some good tweaks. The decision to sign Isaiah Briscoe proved to be a big one, even if Briscoe took a little time to, to get acclimated to the NBA. The decision to sign Michael Carter-Williams to a 10-day contract proved to be probably the most consequential 10, 10-day contract signing the Magic have had since Daryl Armstrong in 1995. And Daryl didn't play in 1995. Magic kept him around for two years, essentially, on a 10-day contract until he finally got his opportunity late in the 1996 season. And really not even until the 1997 season. Weltman made some key strategic decisions for personnel throughout the year. But again, these were all fairly small. You could still argue that Weltman hasn't taken advantage of second-round picks particularly well. Drafting Melvin Frazier felt like too much of a copy of what Wes Awundu does, and, and Frazier's got some work to do, and who knows what he could become. He might, he might step into the rotation next year. Who knows? The trade to acquire Jaron Grant was an interesting no-risk flyer. Low-risk flyer. I don't want to call it no-risk. Low-risk flyer, but... He never really addressed the point guard position. Even if patience was the right call with DJ Augustine, the backup spot still felt very undermanned, and, and the Jaron Grant thing did not work out. Although it, it, it you know, gave the Magic a little bit of cap relief and getting Tim F.A. Mozgov, but it cost him a second-round pick. Justin Jackson was was hurt. Then he played a little bit in Lakeland, got hurt, and then was cut from the Lakeland Magic. So, to, so as to give them an extra roster spot. It's not really clear where, how Justin Jackson's doing in his recovery even. And so in the absence of big major moves, you, you look at these small moves and say, okay, he hit on a few of them. Ken Birch certainly was a hit. Isaiah Briscoe certainly a hit. Michael Carter-Williams certainly a hit. Their coaching hire was a hit. But... With the limited moves that, that Weltman has, has made, it's still not clear exactly what he's going to do. 
patience has been the word with his development and how he's built the roster up. There's really been only one major trade that Weltman has made, and and honestly, we can't grade it right now. We can all say, and, and I think we can agree with this, it was a good trade. It was a good risk to take. Trading Jonathan Simmons for Markel Fultz, Jonathan Simmons and some other things, for Markel Fultz was a good risk to take. Acquiring a talented former first overall pick who's, yes, dealing with a serious injury and serious condition, but one who, if he can recover, has loads of talent and could still develop into a star player in this league. That is a good risk to take, especially for a Jonathan Simmons player who was out of the rotation. And Wellman, again, has taken the right approach to be patient. The Magic aren't setting benchmarks, aren't setting deadlines, aren't setting target dates for Marco Fultz to return to the court. He's going to return to the court when he's ready to, when his, when his training staff, when the Magic training staff feel he's ready to take on some of that workload. And even then, it's going to be a slow buildup back onto the roster and back onto the team. And, you know, I personally take it as a good sign that he chose or felt comfortable enough to continue his therapy in Orlando during the playoff run and was a part of that playoff run and part of the team. Jeff Wolman's had nothing but good things to say about Markel Fultz and his preparation and his uh, attempts to get back onto the court, but again, has stayed quiet overall about where he's at and when he will return. And and he's not going to comment probably much more about that. The Jonathan Isaac draft pick certainly took some time and paid paid dividends. The Mo Bamba draft pick looks okay. I I think Mo had about the season that we could expect from him, but how he develops is going to be part of the judgment. So there's all these little moves that Weltman made that look like good risks, that look like good investments that we just don't really know and can't judge quite yet. Was the Magic roster hurt by some of Weltman's moves this year? It's hard to say that because they got the result that they ultimately wanted. But, yes, there have been a few missteps. Nothing critical, nothing killer. But Simmons, you know, perhaps through no fault of his own or the Magic's own, was a bit of a misstep. His injury, he struggled to recover from. Jaron Grant, certainly a misstep. uh, Something that cost the Magic a second-round pick to to try. And maybe that's worth it. It might have been, actually. I would probably argue that it it was, even though it failed. And now Markel Fultz. The bottom line is, Weltman is still sort of setting his deck. Still sort of picking out the kind of team he wants this group to be and, and picking out the players he wants to build around. He wasn't about to to make to rush into that that decision or rush into that um, into that kind of frame of mind. Those guys would develop on their own. And largely they have. They gave the big contract to Aaron Gordon. He looked fantastic as a supporting player. Jonathan Isaac began to take some big steps in in what was essentially his rookie year. 
everyone's still very excited about Mo Bamba. And now Markel Fultz gives the Magic a, a four-person core that has fans very excited and very intrigued. But of course, there are other big decisions on the horizon. And those decisions don't affect how we grade out Weltman this year. I don't think there were missed opportunities. I don't think that I think the Magic made the right decision at the trade deadline to stick with what they had and go for the playoffs. They obviously made the right decision. They made the playoffs. And so, yes, the chance that they could lose Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross in free agency is real. It was worth it for that playoff berth because, guess what? We probably don't consider Vucevic or Ross part of the team's long-term future, part of that core group that they want to build around. Would they both help them? I would argue yes. I think some people might argue no, especially when it comes to Vucevic, who would, yes, play in front of Bamba until Bamba's ready. And so, really, the, the summer... That, we're, that we can judge Weltman on. The first time we're really going to be able to judge what Jeff Weltman is building with the Orlando Magic is this summer. To be real here, the last two years were Weltman getting his feet wet, getting his, uh, getting, wrapping his arms around this organization and kind of rooting out all the bad parts and planting seeds to make it better coaching staff, training staff, all that stuff has taken root and the Magic reaped some rewards. They got they got an early crop in making the playoffs and winning the division. But now comes the real work. What happens if you lose Nikola Vucevic? Where do you go? What do you do to bolster the team and keep them competitive, to keep their spot in the playoff line? If you decide to re-sign Nikola Vucevic, how much and for how long? What are you willing to sacrifice, perhaps in development to one of your key young guys, to keep the team's first All-Star in seven years? How do you make this playoff team better? Because other teams are coming. Everyone expects the New York Knicks to make a big splashy move this year. The Miami Heat weren't too far behind you. Neither were the Charlotte Hornets, if they can keep Kemba Walker. The Washington Wizards, you know, who knows if they'll have a healthy John Wall, but they're still a dangerous team. The Atlanta Hawks could take a leap at any moment. They're a very talented young team as well. There are a lot of teams that are going to be gunning for the Magic spot that think the Magic are weak or that the Magic were kind of a flash in the pan. And so the Magic don't need to go on a spending splurge to maintain the eighth seed. That's not the goal here. The goal is still to get, develop, to get internal development to make the team better. The goal, though, now is how best you support this group to maintain and sustain the success that you experienced in 2019. Jeff Weltman deserves credit for his patience. He deserves credit for not rushing into decisions that wouldn't work. Remember, fans clamored and complained that the Magic didn't get Isaiah Thomas, didn't take that risk on Isaiah Thomas. And, you know, I think I sat here and said, I don't think it would be a terrible decision. I would do it if it were me. But obviously, Isaiah Thomas didn't play all year. Played a little bit for the Nuggets. But didn't play for most of the season. His injury was much worse than the public knew, and that turned out to be a, patience turned out to be a good decision there. 
But now it's about getting better. Now it's about winning over everything. That doesn't mean you throw all your stones in the middle. This is still a a long-term project. But Weltman's going to really prove his worth as a general manager in the draft, in free agency, and beyond as the Magic try to build off of a successful 2019 season. Patience can only get you so far. Now the Magic have experienced success and they want more of it. Today's show was brought to you by Grip6, where the goal is to literally make the best belt that's ever been made. Grip6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, even moms and wives. They have a women's collection. Ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, and carries a low profile with the buckle laying flat against the waist, makes the belt super comfortable. Grip6 is the only belt with no holes, no flap, and no bulk. I wear Grip6 belt. It is my favorite belt. It is extremely versatile, able to wear wear it to work, able to wear it with jeans, able to wear it anywhere I want. Grip6 is fantastic. It's easily adjustable for, you know, let's say you go out and have a big meal and you feel like you need to loosen the belt. It's very easy to loosen the belt. You don't have to worry about uh, puncturing a hole or, or anything kind of poking and prodding you either. Grip6 is the easy belt. I highly suggest you suggest it, and I have a special offer for you. Go check it out at grip6.com slash lock, L-O-C-K-E, grip6.com slash lock. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd, and of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Tune, and all the different places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device, including the Himalaya app. The Himalaya app is the home of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can download every podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network as well as get suggestions for new podcasts, whether it's Locked On or not, or and create playlists of your favorite podcast too. You can find it all on the Himalaya app. Download it today. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. Appreciate you sticking with me through all the player profile, player evaluation series here. We'll be back again hopefully Tuesday after Memorial Day to talk a little bit about the future and what the summer of 2019 holds for the Orlando Magic, set the cap number for you, what the Magic salary cap situation looks like, and go beyond that. We'll talk about about all that coming up on the next episode of Locked on Magic. So until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rosson Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.